We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Network. I am Jason Pett, not here with Rookie O'Donnell this week. He is out of town, just like the Bulls are out of town, over in France, over in Paris. Ha- had a great time there. We will have a special guest coming up here to talk about Bulls in Paris against the Pistons, as well as just general Bulls vibes as the trade deadline is coming up. That's going to be Stefan No of Sporting News. He's a long, long-time friend of the program, so it'll be great to uh, to talk to him about the Bulls again, Bulls in Paris. They played yesterday uh, against the Detroit Pistons, a terrible Pistons team. We we uh, do worry about the Bulls against bad teams, as we know this season, because they have had plenty of issues against these bad teams. But uh, for once, the Bulls came out and basically a wire to. I think they led the entire game. I think it was a wire to wire victory, one twenty six to one hundred eight. Just kind of a dominant performance. There was really never any that much doubt in this game. They jumped out ahead. Pistons kind of hung around in the first half. There were some weird technical difficulties on the broadcast, and no one knew what the hell the score was. At one point, people, I think Adam Amin said it was tied when the Bulls were up like 11 points. Just a bunch of weirdness going on with the broadcast. But ultimately, the Bulls played a really solid game, 126-108, second win in a row after they beat the Warriors ahead of this Paris trip. Zach Levine, 30 points. DeMar DeRozan back in the lineup. He looked pretty good. He had a big dunk right away, right at the start, and he had 26-9-5. and Vooch had a really solid game. They got him going again, 16, 5, 15, and 6. Did not have it going from three-point range, but he kind of got the Bulls established early with some buckets mid-range and inside. Like I said, didn't shoot very well from outside, but just a solid team effort from the Bulls. All five starters and double figures. Also, Derek Jones Jr. had 12 points off the bench and like four or five huge dunks. Kobe White had a nice little spurt in the fourth quarter, and he had 10 points off the bench, so seven players and double figures. The Pistons are pretty brutal. They have some fun young talent, but no Cade Cunningham, of course. He's out for the season. Uh, they have uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, who had led the way with 25. Jalen Dern off the bench was solid, as was Hamanu Diallo. Uh, Jaden Ivey had some fun stuff too, but some really ugly stuff from Isaiah Stewart and Killian Hayes kind of nuked their offense for the night. But 
Again, just a solid day for the Bulls. They shot 54%, 23 assists, just kind of controlled this game, uh, which was nice to see, again, because the Bulls, obviously we saw them a couple games ago where they they lost that game in Washington, which is terrible. They lost, they got smoked by the Thunder, although the Thunder are actually pretty good now, like possible legit playing team with Shea Gillages, Alexander, and some of the other guys that they got going there, over there. But Bulls now, again, 21 and 24. They're on a two-game winning streak. They got a couple games, or a couple days off now. Uh, hopefully they got to enjoy Paris. We got to see some fun stuff with Joakim Noah was there. Um, we got some under the radar Arturis Karnasovas interview with uh, NBC Sports Chicago uh, that wasn't really about the team, but he was talking about some other stuff and like his experience playing Michael Jordan and those Bulls. Uh, Michael Reinsdorf came out of nowhere to give like a little talk and he didn't really say much either. Uh, but it's an eventful week for the Bulls and hope they had fun in Paris as much as I had fun in Paris when I was there a couple, couple months ago, it was a great time. Love Paris and all the, and all the bulls beat guys who were out there. Look at the CHA, the CHGO guys were having a blast out there. So um, again, good for them. So let's bring uh, on stuff. And now here from sporting news, Steph, great to have you back on the pod. It's been a while. I've uh, been trying to get you on for a few weeks here. I'm glad we were finally able to get some time here after this bulls game in Paris. Yeah, and I'm glad I could come on after a win. It's always, I feel like uh, I've had some bad luck coming on your show, just brutal losses. So uh, I'm happy to talk some optimism here, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. So just first, we'll start with the game yesterday. Uh, what did you like? What did you see? Anything interesting with the with rotations? I know we did see, I believe you were talking about it, or we might have been talking about it in our chat about Andre Drummond kind of getting just like nuked from the rotation for this game yesterday, even though Pistons were playing a couple big guys with, and they had Jalen Dern off the bench, but we saw Ju- Derek Jones Jr. play well. Uh, just your general observations on the game, what you liked, what he didn't, anything else interesting that you saw. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of a wire-to-wire win for the Bulls. I don't even know if they trailed the game at all. You're right, yeah, I don't think they um, <laughs> Yeah, I, like, you know, the Pistons, without Cade, they're just not really much of a team. Um, <laughs> yeah, the I guess, like, the more interesting points, like you mentioned, um, you know, we're talking in the group chat that we have about Andre Drummond basically getting buried. So he didn't even play garbage time. Tony Bradley... Played more minutes than Drummond did. Marco got garbage time. Yeah, Marco too. So I guess Drummond is technically the fourth center right now. Derek Jones, this is not just this game too. Like Drummond hasn't been playing much recently ever since uh, a couple games ago where he picked up like five fouls in nine minutes or something like that. And he looked terrible in that game. Uh, Even aside from the fouls, like he blew some really easy steps, which I mean, that's really not his game at all. Uh, He just wasn't moving very well. So it seems like he's lost the trust of Billy... Uh, speaking like more long-term view of the team, Derek Jones Jr. in that main backup role. Um, I think he was really good uh, when Billy was going to him and more situational matchups, but as the primary, he's just going to face a lot bigger dudes. And, you know, he had a, he had a great game, like you mentioned, uh, yeah. entertaining everybody in Paris with these crazy <laughs> dogs, but he's kind of too small to play with these, uh, some of these bigger guys, like, Isaiah Stewart was just killing him. And I'm looking at the box score right now. Stewart was one for 10. There was one possession where I think the Pistons got five chances at it. Like, Stewart yeah, missed like three layups. <laughs> yeah, he missed like three point blank shots. So I don't know how sustainable that is in the future. That's one kind of long-term trend that I'm looking at. And then the other thing that we've noticed just the past couple games, like you saw this a lot in the Warriors game, where Vooch had his, was it his career high or definitely a season high? I think it tied um, the 43 points. That tied a yeah. career high, I believe. Or it was either a career high or tied right. a career. It was right around there. Career game, basically. 
Uh, yeah, just a monster game from him. Uh, he had 19 shots in this Paris game. Zach had 20. DeMar had 18. So uh, it's been talked about a lot. I know you guys were I was listening to your last show. It's about like this increased role that Vucevic has had. You mentioned Mark's story, Mark K over at CHGO. Uh, if people haven't read that yet, yeah, it's really good. Just explaining how uh, Vucevic has been killing it from three. I mean, he was 0-5 in this game, but that's been a large part of this offensive renaissance and then just like from a stylistic point um yeah you saw them going to him early and often and these pick and pop jumpers you know some of these after timeout plays like uh after free throw plays they're running for Vucevic post ups so i think it is a more concerted effort um recently to get him the ball more and uh, casey johnson had an article today about some of these bull statistics ever since that horrific yeah, <laughs> timberwolves loss yeah. i was i was shocked when I was looking at KC's statistics, because I didn't realize that I I like had to actually go back and check the stats site because I didn't believe it. The Bulls have been a top 10 team, both in offense and defense since that game. They've been, I think, uh, was it 10 and 6? Yes. Um, yeah, so I, they've been awesome. And it hasn't seemed that way because they've had some just the heartbreaking losses. You mentioned the Thunder, and then they got rocked by the Rockets, who are just a... They haven't won since. I don't know how, how they lost. I'm pretty sure that, <laughs> that the Rockets against... have not won since that game. They've lost like 11 or 12 in a row, I'm pretty sure, unless they, like yeah. the last couple of games, they won that I didn't realize. So, I, But yeah, but despite these like really disheartening losses, the Bulls have been really good um, for the last month or so. Yeah, and like they've obviously got some big wins. So yeah, like the, the Bucks win at home, or I don't know if both of those ga- Bucks games were in the, since that Timberwolves game. But I mean, they've beaten the Bucks twice. We know they've beaten the Celtics twice. They almost beat the Celtics again. They came close. Um, they beat. I mean, they ended the Nets streak, and that's when the Nets still had KD healthy. And that, I mean, that Nets game, they bit pretty much controlled. It was just KD hitting ridiculous shots that kind of kept the Nets in that game. Um, they beat the Sixers on the road. Obviously, Joel Embiid did not play in that game. The Bulls have literally never beaten him. But like, still, going on the road and beating the Sixers, even with when they have Harden and Harris, the Sixers have been playing really great lately. And a lot of that is Embiid, but like, that's still a good road win, given some of the games they have lost. It is just, it's some of the mystifying losses that just really stick in our mind, even though they have been playing good. Like, I mean, the the Wizards, like losing that Wizards game on the road, even without DeMar, it's like that Wizards team was missing Beal. They were missing Porzingis, they were missing Daniel Gafford. They were like, I think they started Taj at center. They had like, I don't even know if they had a backup center going. And it's like, and Vooch like had a quiet game. They only scored, I think, 97 points that game. It was like, Zach, I know Zach suffered that injury, but he had a big game that night. Uh, but still, like, how do you lose that game with the with the uh, Wizards missing their two best guys? And then like the Thunder game, Thunder, young athletic upstart team. They've been playing great lately. So like that wasn't as bad of a loss, but still like on your home court, there was a second of a back-to-back. The Thunder had just beaten Philly. Uh, you were like, you got to take care of this game if you're serious. And it's like, well, what the heck? But now, again, they come home, and then they beat the Warriors. They kind of beat the Warriors' ass. I know the road Warriors have been awful this year, and like they are clearly picking and choosing when they want to try because we saw them trying last night against Boston. They should have beat them. Just fell short in overtime. But, like, it's still, I mean, that's like a healthy war. The Warriors, I think, were fully healthy that game. They have basically everybody back besides some of their role guys. But Vooch killed them. Bulls just kind of took care of business of that game. And that was without tomorrow as well. Now they win this Pistons game. And now the schedule coming up is relatively soft. They play Atlanta on Monday. They play, I believe the Pacers after that. And Halliburton's not going to be back. They got some soft games coming up. So it's like, as like Casey wrote about, it's like they're playing better. They have this easier schedule coming up. So it's like, we got the deadline a couple weeks away. It's like, 
where like what does what does this team do so Steph just like where are you overall on this team and the direction was we know we've talked about we've talked about blowing it up like should they make some big trades do they need to retool we talk about Vooch like should they be trading Vooch even though he's been playing like great lately and they're starting to like feature him a bit more so just where is your head at with this just very clearly inconsistent and frustrating and maddening team in this weird spot but like playing better and with a soft schedule coming up ahead of the deadline so in the beginning of the season, I thought you would have to be a total idiot to want to blow this team up. About a month into the season, I thought you'd have to be a total idiot to want to keep this team intact. And now I'm just like, I have no idea. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, I'm just leaning into the season at this point, uh, trying not to get too disappointed when you you really can't count <laughs> the Bulls to, to uh take out these bad teams you mentioned the soft schedule i mean the hawks they should they should win the next four games easily hawks pacers hornets magic and even the next game against the clippers and then the hornets again so i mean that's like they could very easily win what is that the next six you gotta games? go four or five you gotta win like four or five of those games like the hawks have been playing a bit better the clippers you just never know which te- clippers team you're gonna see like they're trying like the most interesting season ever where they're just like giving the least fucks about the regular season of all time, except they're under 500. And like, I don't know if they're going to actually get it together, but like, yeah, that's like a, who knows who's going to play in that game. Uh, I haven't looked at their schedule to see if that's a back to back, but yeah, I mean, ideally look at those next six. I mean, you got to win four or five. It's like, you want to be serious about making any moves here, like up the standings. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see them do something at the trade deadline. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really care if it's buying or selling at this point. Like they don't really have that much draft capital. They, st- they right. have the Portland pick they can trade. And I think and they Portland have one, maybe like 20. 20- yeah, yeah. That might not convey. So um, I don't really know how much they can do in terms of buying to improve this season, but maybe you could do some longer term stuff. Some of the stuff that we've talked about uh, in in our secret group chat is, uh, <laughs> you know, like a guy like Vooch obviously is the guy that you would look to get moved just because he has a high salary number. I think he's making like twenty two million or something yeah, like something that. Right. So something if like they that. if they want to get some more long term pieces, uh, if they think Vooch is going to leave anyway, like John Collins is a guy whose salary almost perfectly matches Vooch, and he's signed on for another couple of years. So and he's younger, you know. So if you think that he could fit, I think he's a great candidate for these guys that are not being used in the right way in their current situation. So they have a pretty clear pathway to getting better. Another guy who might not be on the team might be on the team. We're not really sure is Kobe white. You know, there's been rumors that he's been being shopped for a very long time now. And if the bulls want to keep him, they're going to have to pay him. Um, So kind of challenge trade that I proposed. I don't even know how I feel about it, but it makes sense from, kind of like a salary and positional standpoint is uh Rui Hachimura the Wizards are looking to move on from him because they have so many players of the position they have Denny Avdia who's you know a really good defender probably better than Rui and uh Kuzma who's also a free agent who would also be great on the Bulls like if the Bulls want to trade for Kuzma that could work too but it seems like the Wizards are more interested in keeping him these days so those are like the kind of on the margins moves I don't think the Bulls are going to try to like you know hit any home runs in the trade market but they could certainly upgrade at the margins. And and one of the big problems with the Bulls, frankly, this season has not necessarily been a lack of talent. It's just been that their talent doesn't fit well right. at all. <laughs> so if they make some moves on the margins like this and get some pieces that seem to work a little bit better with what they have, I don't I don't necessarily think that Rui is a guy that fits better with what the Bulls have, but at least like he plays the wing. They don't really have a lot of wing depth. 
and they have a lot of these small guards like Kobe. So that could make some sense from that perspective. Uh, also, I mean, like we talked about, you can't play Derek Jones Jr. as your primary backup five. This just makes no sense. And you can't have these guys on the roster that never play except for garbage time <laughs> like uh, Marco. So if they can upgrade those spots and maybe get some better rim protection, that has been just a huge weakness on the Bulls that they they need their perimeter defenders to be perfect because Vucevic, I, I think he he's not a bad defender, but he's not cleaning up anybody else's mistakes. Those types of trade moves, maybe you could get a guy like Nerlens Noel, you know, he's not really playing that much. Or just someone like that, you know, just like a capable minutes eater that can have specialty skills that the Bulls need. Um, those are the types of moves that I would be looking at if, you know, if I was running the Bulls. Yeah. And like, I think we, and we've talked about this on cash plenty and in our chats, like, I think we both, we all think they, they're not going to make any, like, they're not going to trade tomorrow. They're not going to trade Zach. Like, I mean, I, I'd be kind of, I'd be surprised if they traded Vooch, honestly, at this point, but it's not now that, I mean, maybe they are featuring him to like get his trade value up a little bit or, or, or something like that. But like, I just feel like they probably just are fine with whatever. I mean, they're right with their 10th right now in the, in the, in the East. And like, I think they're like three and a half games out of the sixth seed. And with like this, uh, whatever the schedule coming up, if they do start winning some games, they'll probably be like, all right, we can get the six seed. And like, and like, so like, I, I would be surprised if they sell off anything. And we've, uh, like we haven't even mentioned like Alex Caruso. Like, would you, tra- would you, would you trade AC? I mean, I, I feel like you love AC, right? You're a big AC guy. You know, like his offense has been disappointing this season. I, we like, who knows, who knows what that injury did last year. If that threw him off, he's shooting way better than I realized. I think he's like in the high thirties and three point percentage, but I feel like he can't make a layup gets he's always dealing with injuries i feel like was it cowley i thought i saw some cowley report like from earlier this week that was like claiming that like if there's anybody quote unquote untouchable on this team it was like alex caruso and i was like what? Hey, sure <laughs> and i was like uh where are you where are you with him in terms of like look at possible deadline move so i think a good way to bend players sometimes is as either floor raisers or ceiling raisers alex caruso is not a floor raiser but he is a ceiling raiser. Like uh, another analogy that you could use is like Draymond always comes up with these 16 game players. Alex Cruz is for sure. I mean, he's proven that he's a 16 game player when he won a ring with the Lakers. So do the bulls need a 16 game player? Like, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not going to win 16 games in the playoffs. I mean, let's be real. Right. So like his value to other teams, I think is a lot higher than his value to the bulls. Um, because the bulls need floor raisers. They don't need ceiling raisers. Um, so I, I would, man, love Caruso. I love watching Caruso. Like a lot of times if I don't have time to watch the full bulls game, I'll just watch the Caruso minutes because <laughs> he's just so crazy out there. Um, yeah, but I think he is the type of player that's going to decline really rapidly. I mean, he's already in his late twenties, even though it doesn't seem that way. I think right. it's like 27, maybe something like that. Um, so yeah, like I, I said this with Joe Kim too. Like those players who they already have like such a narrow margin to be in the league and they rely so much on energy and hustle and the little athleticism that they do have. Once that's gone, those types of players experience such a fast decline, especially when you're playing so hard and you have all these injuries, those start accumulating and you're just not the same player. I don't think Alex Caruso is going to be very good when he's 33. I don't think he's going to be in the league. So, um, you know, like trading him from that perspective certainly makes sense. You want to maximize these prime years for him, both like if you're the Bulls and if, you know, you just want to see Alex Cruz to succeed and win another ring. Um, yeah. So those are the reasons why I would move him, but I wouldn't just move him to move him. Like you have right, to get yeah. a pretty good package for him. 
Yeah. Like I could they get like a first I would think I would think you'd have to ask for like a first round pick or like a decent young player. I know like the Warriors thing is stuff that's been like I don't, I don't even know if that's really been rumored, but like uh, there was like that after the one Warriors game where like St- he he was talking with Steve Kerr and it's like, oh, it's like I love I think, I think Steve like, Kerr is making some <laughs> Steve Kerr is making some burner accounts on Twitter, just like trying to get Caruso to the Warriors. Yeah. He's so desperate. <laughs> yeah, it was obviously like the Warriors have some young players like that maybe could be interesting for like the future for the Bulls. But uh, and Caruso, could, yeah, I mean, the Lakers could probably I guess the Lakers need more shooting than Caruso. But I mean, Lakers have so many just like. Their roster just sucks. They probably, I mean, they could probably use him too, just to play, play better defense. And some of like, they have a bunch of tiny guards. So I don't know. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's move back. You mentioned Kobe. We talked about Kobe and like he's been playing a little better lately. And I know you haven't been like the biggest Kobe fan. Neither have I. Like he's been he's had his stretches. He has his fun. He has his fun moments where he gets hot. Uh, and we've kind of had like the Kobe IO debate because IO is up. I mean, they're both up for free and see this off this season or uh, this off season. And like Kobe's been playing a little better lately. IO has kind of stagnated, has not taken that leap we uh have hoped from 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 him. So like the I feel like the, the Kobe situation in general is just kind of interesting. It's like you mentioned you have to pay him. I'm not really sure like what his like market value is, trade market value is, his like free agent market value is because while he has played better, like he was awful to start the season. Um, he has shown like I feel like his, the handle's a bit tighter. The defense has gotten a little better. His shooting has been good this month, but he's still kind of a streaky shooter. So it's still just like, what exactly is he as an NBA player? How is he fitting in on like a next good Bulls team? How much do you want to pay him? So, like, do you, would you, are you okay if the Bulls kept him and, and gave him a new contract? Maybe, I mean, you could always maybe keep him to maybe trade him down the line. What kind of contract do you think makes sense for him? Because it feels like he's been like on the verge of maybe getting traded for a few years now, but he's still here. Um, and we'll see what happens at the deadline here, but it's just kind of a weird situation. I know people are now freaking out about like, and we'll talk about Pat here shortly as well, in terms of like the Bulls young guys, like freaking out when they see Lowry go and he's an all-star now with Utah and Wendell's been pretty good with the, with the magic. And it's like, well, I don't want to give up on these guys because they're going to go somewhere else and they're going to tear it up. Like, 
I mean, Lowry showed a lot more than Kobe ever has. I think feel like Wendell did too. Kobe obviously has always been like a streaky shooter and not a good point guard. But um, where do you where, where what do you see Kobe's future with with the Bulls and how comfortable would you be keeping him or, or do you want to trade him for sure or see me? I don't I don't know if you'd be a qualifying offer guy. Well, restricted free agency is so weird these days. I think it's reasonable for fans to be worried that, like you said, we're going to repeat the Lowry and Wendell mistake with Kobe. I mean, they were all all number seven picks, right? But the thing you have to keep in mind with Kobe is his draft class was so much worse than those other guys. I mean, Wendell, like his being the seventh pick in that class is ridiculous because that was like Luca, DeAndre Aiden, both the bridges, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Trey young. So yeah, Wendell was seventh, but like in Kobe's draft, Wendell probably would have been like the third player picked. So Kobe's pedigree is a lot worse than those two guys. That's one reason why you can be a little bit more comfortable if you let him walk. And he showed a lot less than both of those guys too. Like in the time he's been in Chicago, like one thing he's shown is that he can shoot the hell out of the ball, shooting 37% from three this season. Um, I mean, you mentioned some improvements in his game. I would agree with you, but you have to keep in mind that like, is improving from maybe being a bottom five defender at his position (laughs) to like now he's a bottom 30 defender, bottom 40 defender. So it's still, um, you know, I'd be fine if they let him walk. They, they need to find some way to replace his, his shooting though, if they do that. And that's been kind of the problem with this uh, front office is they've just gone for talent without really, I, I mean, like the same problem was, coming into the season right we knew that there wasn't going to be any shooting and then they didn't add any shooting so if they subtract shooting are they going to add like twice as much shooting as they're letting go <laughs> i find that pretty difficult to believe uh so that would be my only concern but i would not i mean i, I think if you first of all you have to pay kobe like a backup right like yeah i would not give him any more than maybe 10 million right, eight to ten right yeah and that is mle yeah. mle money seems fair for whatever like a seventh or eighth man sure like, yeah i don't even know if he'll get that but yeah um like that would be the ex- absolute maximum even like the cap is going to rise to 150 million in a couple of years so 10 million is going to be like nothing yeah especially like for a bench player um but yeah i would i don't know i mean that's i guess that's the way i feel i'm like pretty pretty lukewarm on it <laughs> yeah like what i mean and i'm curious, like what like looking at like trade stuff we talk about trade stuff you mentioned kobe for Rui, uh like Sure, I feel like both teams would probably, or like fans of both teams would be like, whatever. Not that that matters, but like, I do wonder like what Kobe and like, like what else could like Kobe and whatever like the the Blazers pick get you if you're like looking to upgrade the shooting and like that's like my thought is like the Bulls are going to like buy, buy, uh, quote unquote buy like it's like Kobe and the Blazers pick and then like maybe some other salary and like what does that get you and it's like I just don't know how much value he has like. We, we've named like some of the shooters that could be available. Like, I mean, Gary Trent Jr., but he's going to be a free agent. Uh, there was a crazy report out there. I don't know if you saw it from a Toronto beat writer. Like, with, it I was did, like yeah. listing, it was listing out like all the like trade, like whatever the prices for these guys. And it was like, OG was like a couple like good young players in a pick. And I was like, all right. And like, that makes sense. And like, Pascal was like a lot, obviously. But then I was like, Gary Trent Jr. was like two picks and a young player. I'm like, this guy's about to be a free agent. Like, he's a nice player, a good shooter. Like you're two draft, two firsts and a player for this guy. Like, no way. I, I thought that was kind of great and just kind of funny, but like, and there's like, who else is out there? I mean, Malik, we've, I feel like Malik Beasley's come up. Doug McDermott. We've talked about it. I think on prior pods, like Josh, the Spurs have 
Spurs have three guys like the Bulls. Maybe they could be interested in with Pirtle, Josh Richardson, like Doug McDermott. Uh, I'm trying to forget some of the other shooters. I've also just talked about adding shooters to the end of the roster. And you talk about guys that take up space like Bradley and Marco bring some guys off the street and try shooting. But like, I just, yeah, I just don't know what Kobe and like that Blazers pick gets you. What is he making? Like eight, is he making 6 million, 7 million? There's not that much salary in there. Yeah. So it's like, you have to also match the salary with some of these guys. So it's like, I just don't know what, what it really gets you at this point. Are you, are you feeling like the same way? It's, it's, his value is just probably not super high since he's going into restricted free agency. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tricky too because his what teams are valuing him in particular is so varied. Like I am, you know, I've heard some like second and third hand rumors about trade offers from Kobe, and yeah, just the the players that would be exchanged like kind of blows my mind. Uh, on the high level and the low level. He's really, yeah, he's really just like a beauty in the eye of the beholder type of player. <laughs> he really is. Um, so then Io, uh, like again, if, if we go looking at a situation where you're picking Io versus Kobe, if you're keeping one of them uh, moving forward, like who are you, who are you going with right now? Because Io is going to be a free agent. He has not, he has not been great this year. I feel like is is the shooting has fallen off the, advanced metrics I feel like do not like him at all like his the plus minus stuff has been bad uh I feel like you've pointed out you've pointed out some some of the defensive improvements he has made but he still has some flaws there he's I mean he's certainly not a starting point guard he's just kind of out of he's just kind of filling in that role with Lonzo out now just to the best of his ability so yeah out of those two like if you had to pick one who you who you going with you know it's kind of crazy like your natural inclination is to think that Io has more room to grow like we've seen less of io we kind of know who kobe is i was actually older than kobe <laughs> yeah, he's like right. a year older yeah so he has less room to improve than kobe in, in that respect um which is kind of a shame because yeah you see things i i was really good at the things he's really good at and he's not very good at the things he's not good at so you would hope that the things he's bad at um you know just through like natural maturation he can get better at i don't really know if that's the case because he's already 23 so like his shooting is the big impediment here he's only shooting 33 percent from three and his looks i mean if you've watched any bulls games like they're pretty wide, wide open. open he's yeah. taking yeah he's he he loads up a lot on his shot it's like this push shot um so that's i don't i don't really know how much you can hope that he improves there and then kobe stuff you know like his defensive weaknesses i don't know how much kobe can improve because he is in the right spot more often these days but he's just so small like he's six five but he has i think a equal wingspan six five or maybe six four wingspan you just don't see him impacting the game at all on that end of the floor whereas io is total pit bull you know a point of attack defender um yeah so i don't i really don't know i mean i think there's going to be less demands for io just because of um uh, the, the Bulls can do some interesting stuff with this contract. They can poison pill him, making right. it way harder for teams to yeah. match any any kind of offers that they give him. Um, yeah, it might just come down to a value play, like which guy commands less. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Let's talk a bit about Pat then, the other Bulls, like young guy. Obviously, he's been a bit polarizing. He has shown some nice things lately. His three-point shooting has looked pretty good. So do you think his three-point shooting is real? Do you, where do you just kind of, where do you, I guess just in general, where do you stand on the Pat thing and just like, where do you think his potential, his ceiling is? Um, 
just worried like you think if you think the Bulls should make him he's extension eligible after the season if he should be the cornerstone of this franchise or do you think he's just kind of going to be like he's a good I think he's his defense is becoming pretty solid he's gotten better there um but like the offense we just know can be hit or miss he's he's not a great rebounder he's something he disappears still too often not always his fault but um but he had a pretty nice shooting game yesterday again such low volume uh it just like he just looks like a guy who he just looks like a guy who should be really good and who should be able to physically impose his will on games it just does not happen nearly enough he has had some bigger games lately which is nice to see it's just a matter of keeping that consistency up uh, and whether he can actually like turn into a star level player i just i don't know if that is totally if he has that dog in him to do that kind of thing but like every so often he just, he just shows like some stuff in his his scoring bag that it's like well where's this been or like he dunks over guys uh, he had an, i think he had a really nice fast break dunk yesterday and it's like where is why isn't this coming out more often he still is so young of course i think he's still only 21 right um yeah so yeah patrick williams where where is this guy going what do you think so I was on another Bulls podcast, Swish Theory, with uh, Chris Amundsen and Larry Golden, uh, friends friends of your podcast. Yes. Excellent podcast. And they asked me about Pat, and they were talking about, you know, he's improved so much on defense and et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, whatever. Like, yeah, he has, <laughs> but has it really been noteworthy? And then I started watching more closely, like, in the last month. I think those guys were really onto something actually. Like I think he has gotten a lot better as an on-ball defender particularly. Like some of these matchups, you know, he's always against the toughest guy cuz yes. Zach and Demar stink. <laughs> um like when when he was guarding Tatum, what is it, like a week ago or whatever. Yep. He was really good. Like he was he was moving his feet really well. He wasn't getting overpowered. That's how a lot of these big wings do so much of their damage is that uh you know, you have to you have to put somebody who's kind of fast, and then when you do that, they just use their strength to get to their spots, and you can't do that against Pat. I mean, even if he doesn't have the greatest feel yet, like he does have those physical tools that just makes him really, really tough on both ends. So I think that's just a skill that you know you can't you can't go out and find on the free agent market. So I think that's where a lot of his value comes in. You, you mentioned his shooting. I mean, he's shooting forty two percent from three, which is kind of crazy <laughs> because. His misses are really, really bad misses. So it feels like he's not that good of a shooter, but the numbers are what they are. So I think that that's, you know, that's great too. And you mentioned that Bulls are letting him cook a little bit more. They're giving him chances to be a ball handler. That was kind of what we were excited about him as a prospect. Um, you know, and and he's getting, I don't know if Billy's like letting him shoot more of these middies that, um, like that, that was really like what he was comfortable with in his first couple of years in the league. I don't know if he's just freelancing on that or if Billy is kind of loosening the reins, but he's been doing that more and it's kind of cool like that he can always get that shot off and seems to be pretty good at it. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Like I'm higher I'm higher on him than I was at the beginning of the year. I wasn't one of these people that had just totally given up on him, you know, after his first couple of years. It's a mistake. It's, a, it's still so early in his career and he missed most of what. Yeah, but I was I was just more wishy-washy uh, yeah, same, at the beginning of the same, year same. and now now I'm a little bit more confident that, you know, this is a guy that actually has like a pretty promising future still. Yeah. Like the last month or so has definitely helped bring, I'm still skeptical whether he can actually consistently be like a big time guy, but I, on this roster, it's not what they're asking him to do. And it's understandable for him to kind of fall in line behind the other guys on the team. Uh, it just would be nice to just, and it's starting, it's like slowly coming where he's starting to just show a little more of that aggressiveness. I know that like such cliche, the aggressiveness thing, but like, 
I feel like just sometimes it's true. Sometimes he just too often floats and just doesn't impose his will on games. We need to see it more in the rebounding. I feel like he's got uh, that just been that's been a problem at some points for the Bulls where he has like these two, three rebound games. And obviously when he's guarding some of those matchups that takes him out of position for rebounds, but still like he's a big strong dude. We need to be him to be getting more than two rebounds in a game, three rebounds in a game. But uh yeah, doing and like I don't know if he'll ever develop as like I mean it was he was sold as whatever. He played point guard in high school. I don't know if he'll ever have that kind of like playmaking juice and that kind of stuff. It's still so early in his career though. And they've never really ne- never let him do it. But uh we know that we've they've been doing more stuff on l- having him as a screener. I wish they would look for him a little bit more. I don't know. This might just be like my general, maybe this eye test is wrong, but it feels like they use him as a screener a decent amount, but they don't look for him enough when he's rolling. Maybe he's not rolling well enough. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed anything like that. I feel like they could look for him a little more. And they sometimes do it, but then they go away from it. Um, it, was, it seems like that'd be something they could use as, and especially if, if he's playing like small ball five, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Are there any other ways you'd like to see them use him more? Would you like to see him get more like pick and roll opportunities on ball reps or those screen, those, those rolling opportunities? I mean, it's really tough because as much as people complain about DeMar and Zach taking over the offense, they're, they're good. really good. <laughs> offensive. Yeah. I mean, they're like two of the top 15 scores in the league, maybe two of the top 10 scores in the league. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I feel for Pat too, because here's a kid who's, you know, 19 when he came in on the team, he was the youngest domestic player in the league. And, you know, DeMar DeRozan is like a 10 year vet. Like he's going to come in and just like, tell him, Hey, pass me the ball. Like, give me the ball. Right. I mean, yeah. it takes a very special type of personality to be able to do that. Like IO and Dalen, I think are definitely outliers and that they just go up to, Guys like Damara and Vucevic, and uh, you know they're telling him what to do and stuff like that. <laughs> but that shouldn't be the expectation. Like that's not the norm. Um, so I think I think people just need to be patient and let Pat, you know, get his get his legs under him a little bit and learn. Yeah. I mean, like when I was nineteen, like yeah. I would not be telling people who are thirty years old at my job. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Insane. He just needs a couple years here. I was just a dumb drunk, dumb drunk when I was nineteen years old. <laughs> I was too. Yeah, I was annoying the people uh, who were thirty, but not in the way of you know being too precocious. I was just annoying them because I was very irresponsible. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been skeptical, of Pat. Seeing a bit more. That's at least you definitely don't want. To, please just don't give up on him. I know there are times where it's easy to do it. He is still so young, so we will see. We gotta wrap it up here in a few minutes. I guess last thing, let's just talk about Zach just really quick. He's looked a lot better lately after the start to his career or the start of the bet poor start of the season. He has kind of his shooting has fallen off the last couple of games, which is I think because of this hand injury, his three-point shooting, but he has made up for it with just he's been a really aggressive going to the basket, tons of free throws. Uh, I don't I, I don't know if he took as many free throws yesterday, but like he had a couple games there where he was took like 15, 14 free throws in uh, in those games. Um so does Zach. Obviously, he's on this max. I don't think he's getting traded anytime soon. Like, there's obviously some rumors out there, but like, I just don't think the Bulls are going to go look to whatever trade him in the first year of this max deal unless they were absolutely blown away with a trade offer. Uh, so how, just how do you feel about max players, Zach? And like, do you see him? Like, do you think he'll be, he'll, I don't, not going to say play out the contract because I would guess he will not play out that five year max with the Bulls, but like, uh, do you think he'll, he will be around for a while? Are you happy with him and how he's been playing lately? Any, the, kind of changes he's made just and how he's been playing a lot better obviously some of it's just getting healthier and this he admitted his knee feels a lot better now so it's where are you with zach and just kind of him going forward as the max guy on this team 
Well, we've talked about how uneven the bowl season has been. I think Zach's season has been the perfect encapsulation of that. Yeah. Like he was really bad beginning of the year. Understandable because he's recovering from this injury. And then he was, I don't think people realize, especially people outside of Chicago, how amazing he was. And then he was, you know, like he's been up and down like since since that super hot streak, even like within games. It's been up and down like that game. I can't even remember who they were playing where it was. It was the Wizards game, right? Where he took the two when they were down three. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, even that game, his performance was so uneven because he was unbelievable through the first 47 minutes of that game. Like the Bulls would not have been in it if Zach had not just gone nuclear. And then like he just has that brain fart at the very end. I know like there's this whole debate, you know, he got fouled or whatever. But like even if he did get fouled, like. He would have just shot two free throws. They would have lost anyway. Yeah. Like you still got to make the shot. You still got to make the free throw. And, and it's like, yeah. yeah, just shoot the three, man. Like the, you just made a ridiculous, exactly shoot three. you just made a ridiculous three to tie the game. Go do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's just going to continue to be the back experience. And I think it's worth it still, even if you do have that up and down performance, because his ups are so high. Like he, I mean, when he's playing at his peak, when he's locked in on defense, when he is, uh, you know, playing the right way on offense, like he's he's a top ten player in the league. And then when Demar's playing that way too, like he's a top ten player too. I think that's why the Bulls have been able to beat these elite teams in the East. Why they have such a high ceiling as a team? Because yeah, when those two guys are on, they're just super super good. And I don't think that you can, you know, Zach's twenty seven. I think this is just kind of like who he is at this point. Yeah. He's not going to be able to sustain that super high level. He's going to have moments where. He makes some some mental mistakes. That's just like the player he is. But that's still an extremely valuable player. Absolutely. All right. I guess just to leave it here. Um, so going forward here, where would where do you see this bull season heading? Just in general, like where like seeding wise, where do you like how many wins do you think they're gonna wind up with? Uh and yeah, I mean you just mentioned that you think they have a high ceiling, and we have seen it in some of these big wins. They just obviously are so inconsistent with some of these other lows. So ultimately, how do you think this plays out? I have no idea. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> do you? No, absolutely not. The only thing I predict right now is like they're going to play well against these good teams, maybe win, and then against the bad teams, they're going to lose their share of awful games. And like it seems like they're going to end up in like the around five hundred would seem to be where it would make sense to me. But um, and obviously, that's, a, that's I, actually I, a really good. Go ahead. That's a really good test. Is like ask ask an analyst. But a Chicago national, like, what do you think is going to happen with the Bulls? And if they act like they're so sure, then you know this guy is just full of shit. And like, you shouldn't be listening to this guy in the future. Cause I don't care. Like, I mean, I watch the Bulls more closely than 99.9% of people. I have no clue what's going to happen this year. And if you think that you do, like, I mean, I don't know. I think you're full of it. I think like the only thing I think I'm sure of is that Lonzo's not coming back this season. And that's obviously depressing. We haven't even talked about him at all. And there was some updates. We're not going to go into that now. I know we got a roll here, but uh, because it's probably just not really worth talking about. He's probably just not coming back quickly. Do you think he's going to be back this season? No, no. Okay. Yeah. So I think that most Bulls fans at this point are like, yeah, he's probably out. But yeah, the rest of it, it's like, which is a bummer, obviously, because we love him. And like, if he was back, I would feel a lot better about the ceiling of this team. But just not even worth like talking about that much more at this point until we see him back on the court, whenever that actually is. Who knows? But yeah, it's going to be a fascinating whatever next couple of weeks leading up to the deadline, especially with some of these easier games. We'll see if they won't shit the bed or if they actually take care of business in a lot of these games. And then we'll see from there because I know the schedule does like get toughen up again after that and 
can they sustain this play against these better teams? Can they just sustain anything? And they they haven't been able to sustain much these last few weeks or whatever. They have whatever they have these top 10 net ratings or offensive and defensive ratings, which is shocking to think. Can they keep it up or is it just what they started bad? They've been playing better now. They'll get inconsistent again. Who knows? We have no idea. No one should have any idea. I feel like most of the <laughs> national media does think the Bulls should be blowing it up. But I think mo- and I, plenty of Bulls fans think that as well. But like, I, I think we all a lot of us think that they won't do it just because ownership and front office won't want to do it. So that makes it pretty fascinating situation. So we will see what they do. And with all these other teams, the league's in a crazy spot this season with so much mid, so many mid teams. The West looks pretty open. I know the Grizzlies and Nuggets have kind of separated themselves, but like, I mean, the Warriors are mid, the Lakers suck, and there's all these other teams like the Mavs are mid. There's all these teams that are mid, and the the East has some good teams, and the Celtics are obviously great. But a lot of teams that think they're at least they're kind of in it and might have a chance if they make the right moves and they can make a playoff run. So it's we'll make for a very interesting trade deadline. Steph, thank you so much for joining me. Let our listeners know, as always, where they can find uh, you on uh, your work, your tweets, and all that good stuff. Yes, I'm ready for the sporting news these days, covering all 30 teams. Unfortunately, I don't really get to write about the Bulls too much, but if you want a more league-wide perspective, you can read my stuff there and then follow me on Twitter. I'm still still kind of like obsessed with uh, watching all the Bulls games, so I'm <laughs> tweeting you know, clips and little notes and stuff like that. And My Twitter account is at Stefno, S-T-E-P-H-N-O-H. And I believe our guy Will has been keeping the cat video going, right, this year after Bulls wins? I believe. Yeah, he had a little uh, French edition for the last one, so that was yeah. nice. <laughs> that was great. So it's great to see that go, going still. Steph, thank you so much again for joining us. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, we're part of the Blue Wire Network. If you like what we're doing here at Cash, please go check out all the other great pods all across the network. Tons of great stuff being done at Blue Wire. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Obviously, Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, he will hopefully be back next week. And uh, we got again, we got Hawks Monday. I believe it's Pacers Tuesday. We will probably have a new pod after those couple games. Uh, we'll, we'll welcome Ricky back and we'll talk about those games. Maybe talk a bit about this Paris game as well. That's going to do it for us here on Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. We will talk to you guys next time. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls.